Today is Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. State of the Union, it's tonight. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast. We're bringing news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe, leave a rating, share it with a friend. Email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Let's get through the news of the cray together. Joining me as always, Billy Hallowell, Trey Gons Phillips. What's going on, fellas? It's a mini Monday. It's State of the Union Monday. How are you? Well, I, I'm already drinking. I'm, I'm actually drinking extra coffee to prepare for the State of the yeah. Union. Yeah. Understandable. Uh, yeah. The State of the Union. I always think, I don't know. It just seems like it's the Hollywood of Washington, D.C., right? It's just well, a performance. Like, it I don't, used to I don't be... know that anybody ever learns anything about it. Well, it's, I wish it was still just a letter. Yeah, it started as a letter. And I think, I, I'm not sure which president, I'll have to look it up, or if you know, email us, as I said, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Let us know about it, because I, I forget off the top of my head. Somebody changed it and said, hey, we can make a big thing out of this, where everyone claps for us. Um, and yeah, just a letter would be would suffice. I, I, don't, need the, right. I don't need the rest. But uh, nevertheless, we're all going to be here and checking it out, because that's what we have to do, so that you don't have to. But uh, anyhow, uh, what do we have coming up on the pod today, guys? Well, we're going to be talking about surfer Bethany Hamilton and her reaction to a new transgender policy. It's really, really interesting. Yeah, she's great. Looking forward to the perspective on that. Also, um, on the main thing, what was China really doing with that spy balloon? We have a former uh, Department of Defense counterintelligence officer and Marine, Jason Buttrill from The Blaze. He's going to join us. On the main thing today and break it all down. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. And as I said, the State of the Union address is tonight. It comes as President Biden's approval rating remains relatively low, uh, with 52% disapproving of his job performance and just 43% approving. Analysts say Biden could begin to lay out the case for uh, a presidency, another run. For, to continue the presidency in 2024. And at least 2,500 people have been killed and thousands more injured after that earthquake struck Turkey and Syria early Monday, 7.8 magnitude. Officials continue uh, to update the death toll as rescue efforts continue. And there was a lot of talk yesterday about Sam Smith and Kim Petras and their quote-unquote unholy performance with some outlets praising it as they came out and surrounded by long-haired acolytes uh, in red sheaths. And he had an outfit of latex and devil horn top hat. And then there were she-devils and a wall of fire erupting. Mike Pompeo tells CBN News that China had spy balloons, uh, did not have spy balloons during the Trump presidency, and that re- reports to the contrary are false. You can check out that full interview over at CBN News. Those are just some of today's top headlines. And get on over to cbnnews.com for more. So, guys, a lot going on there. Continue to pray for everything that happened in the earthquake. But I I wanted to bring up um, this this performance at the Grammys. Because, number one, I have to pat myself on the back slightly. I didn't even know the Grammys were on this weekend. And I just felt like that was a win for my life that I wasn't even aware of it. Number one. What's what's a a Grammy? I don't know. I don't know. So I thought it was like grandma, you know, like Grammy's here, you know, that's <laughs> Grammy's here. That's what I thought it was. Graham cracker. I, Graham. Don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was going with the Graham cracker direction. Yeah. yeah. No, it's like, like s'mores. 
Grammys, little miniature oh. graham crackers in a bag. But yeah. no, this is much <laughs> worse than that. Yeah, yeah. No, this was so. Yeah, I mean, you always expect shenanigans and awful debauchery from Hollywood, and it was over the weekend. It was certainly that. But I mean, you just are they just trying to provoke a reaction at this point? I mean, because it's just as you mentioned, Billy, when you wrote about it, it's just sad. You know, it's we need to be praying for these lost people who, you know, everyone wonders how can a loving God send people to hell and you look at people that are doing this and it's like, well, I think you have your answer there. I mean, there are people who are clearly in full out rebellion against God. Well, they're rejoicing in sin, right? Like that is the, and I think, you know, yeah, we all know Hollywood's going to be bad. These events are going to be horrible. It's not even original anymore. It's hard to even be offended by it because it's so, it's like the lowest common denominator. Let Let me do the easiest thing possible to get people to pay attention to me, but it is sad and it should bring us to prayer. Like you were saying, because you have to be pretty lost to create that song in the first place and then to perpetuate it in that way. Yeah. With that image. Yeah. It's just, it's bizarre though, isn't it? That this is a trend that's picked up steam so quickly. Obviously I think this is the direction we've been going for a long time, but like little Nas X has his song that made a lot of headlines when he first came out with a song that was kind of like, devil worship ish uh, and then this song which is just yeah I, I can't imagine like it's it we used to be in, in an age when like when i was growing up it was starting to get iffy but you could probably ter- turn on an award show in the early 2000s and watch it and nothing nothing bad would happen but now it's just like basic cable you can't allow your children to watch like yeah they, they can't be near anything on a basic cable channel because they might watch a singer dress like the devil and 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 sing a song that's so sexually explicit that it's yeah. but the sad thing too is that it's everybody singing it right yeah. it's the song that everybody knows which is um, yeah well which is why i would say that it is you know because we always get grief from people in the audience whenever we cover somebody in hollywood who talks about jesus or talks about faith and oh, leave Hollywood on it. I think it's noteworthy when you look at what is standard fare in Hollywood. So when right. someone actually comes out and professes Christ, it's, I think, just imagine, just imagine being in this world in Hollywood where this sort of thing is applauded. And to then speak about Christ in the midst of that, I think it actually does take courage in a lot of those situations. And um, it's just, uh, um, you know, you're right. I mean, you can't. Um, you know, these days compared to our generation, you know, you could probably get away with it. Now it's like, it's like you were saying, Billy, it's just the common denominator. It is the lowest hanging fruit. And how many different ways can you appeal to people's lust, to people's greed, to violence, you know, their need for vengeance, all these low hanging sin fruit, you know, low hanging sins that are easy for ratings um, how many times can you do it? How many different ways can you do it? And I think that's all we're seeing now is they just keep pressing repeat and then doing it slightly different ways. But it is, and I have to say, it is interesting. All the, if you were Hollywood, all the accusations thrown at you that you're, you know, in bed with Satan, that you know, all these demonic right. things. Like, why is demonic imagery suddenly something that everyone is aspiring to put into their entertainment? Like, we get it that it's the lowest common denominator of all the topics, but it is bizarre to watch that element of it. They think they're being ironic and cute, but they're actually exposing what's really going on. Right. And then they, in their hearts. and then they take a stand like Taylor Swift speaks out against Marsha Blackburn and, you know, heaven forbid you, you get anywhere near a Republican, but you're totally fine with just, you know, 
cheering on Satan out there on the stage. It's just, it's quite remarkable to watch unfold. And thankfully, I didn't watch any of it. Um, and hopefully you didn't either. But uh, but uh, we'll leave that one there. But we're going to head into our next story here. So I wanted to get to something a little more positive. And uh, that is pro surfer Bethany Hamilton. You might be familiar with her story. She's speaking out uh, against a new World Surf League policy. And she's saying she won't compete if it remains in place. What's the story here? So the policy that was recently adopted, it will immediately go into effect. It basically allows biological men, so who identify as female, so biological men who maintain a low testosterone level, they would be able to then compete over a 12-month period if they kept the level low in the women's division. So biological men, again, competing against women. And so she made a decision, Bethany Hamilton. And by the way, she's a believer. She's spoken about her faith over the years, but you don't often see her speaking up and or getting involved in like political issues or things like that. Right. She decided to put a video out. And this is somebody, you'll remember her from 2003. She lost her arm, you know, in a shark attack. That's really what made her ironically famous. But what made her so famous was how she overcame that, has persevered, is a pro surfer, has competed in the World Surf League for a very long time now. She put out this video talking about how she personally will not be competing in or supporting the World Surf League if the rule remains in place. Um, a pretty powerful statement. That's how she actually concluded the video, detailed a whole bunch of information that she had concerns about, and then said, I will not be competing if this remains in place. What motivated her to speak out? You know, it's interesting because clearly she said, this concerns me as a professional athlete, right? She made it a point to say there was no animus or hatred, you know, coming from her. She said, I strive to have love for all mankind, regardless of any differences. But she also, in addition to the concerns she had, clearly feeling as though it's unfair for biological men to compete against women, she talked about the fact that she believes that there are many girls on tour right now in surfing who do not support the rule and who fear that they'll be ostracized if they speak up. And it's so funny because she said that. And then she said, so here I go. So she's basically <laughs> like, look, people are afraid to do it. And I get that, but here I am, I'm going to do it. And yeah. so, you know, she proceeds to do it. And what were some of her questions? So she had a, I liked how she, she did this because she laid out the questions that she had about this policy. Um, a number of them, who's pushing for this, right? Where is this coming from? She talked about seeing, you know, glimpses of male-bodied dominance. That was the term she used in women's sports, in other sports outside of surfing. Um, she, she pondered why female and male surfers in the league purportedly weren't consulted before the decision was made, right? Why didn't you ask the surfers what they thought about it? Um, you know, how are these issues playing out in other sports? Has anybody looked at that to see how it would play out here? So she kind of went through this list um, of, of really the questions that she had. She talked about, you know, th there's a very specific measure of testosterone. I don't know much about this, but basically it has to be under five um, nanomoles. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong per liter of testosterone um, over a 12 month period. So that they have this benchmark, right? That like you have to keep it below five for 12 months in order to compete. She said, is that even a, like, how is that measure even the measure that you would use to prove that this person is suddenly not a man? Right. Yeah. Uh, so really, really interesting stuff there. What, uh, how are people reacting? She's actually gotten some support from other athletes. I mean, this, this attracted, when I first saw the video, um, you know, yesterday morning, early morning, it had already had well over a million views. So lots of comments on this, a lot of athletes supporting her. Um, other people obviously not so happy with it, but 
again, I think she's very clearly drawing a line in the sand here and, and doesn't seem to really care what people think. Yeah, no, that's good. And uh, you need, you need more people to speak out on this. I mean, making it based on the testosterone levels and things like that, I think kind of skips the real issue. And then of the fact, like, like she was saying, how can you, how can you know when they're not a man, when they're not an actual man and more have equal levels with a woman, like you're still a man and it doesn't matter what you do with your testosterone. So it just seems like you should base it on their actual sex, their biological sex, um, and leave it at that. Well, she kept saying male bodied. And I thought that was really interesting. Again, male bodied individuals, but these are male bodies that are different from female bodies. Right. I thought that was an interesting terminology. Yeah, indeed. All right. Well, uh, we will, uh, we'll keep an eye on that because, um, Look, anytime somebody speaks out on an issue like that, it's uh, it's certainly noteworthy because there's not enough people doing it at this point. So uh, thanks for bringing that one, Billy. But we're going to head over to the main thing now. And that China spy balloon has really sort of taken over the news cycle. Uh, you can check out CBN's interview with Mike Pompeo. He responded to it and said that there were that reports that, that, that there was one during the Trump administration that... He was saying, to his knowledge, that that's false. They'd never heard anything about that. And if if there were any, then the military didn't tell them, which would be really bad. So uh, he doesn't think it happened at all and says those reports are false. But what was going on with that spy balloon? What, what was China really doing? They already have TikTok spying on Americans all over the place, millions of them. So what's the what was the real deal? What was the goal? Well, former DOD counterintelligence and current Blaze researcher Jason Buttrill joins us on the main thing today to break it all down. All right, so Jason, I mean, on the outside, I look at this and I think, okay, China has TikTok, which is probably the greatest spy weapon as far as data collection you could possibly want. What good would a balloon do? What What am I missing here? What's your take on um, what in the world China's trying to accomplish with this balloon? Yeah, kind of crazy. Uh, not only do they have stuff like TikTok and, you know, uh, Chinese spies in almost every single, it seems like, you know, uh, Democrat congressman or senator's office, you know, Feinstein, Swalwell, um, multiple other ways that, that, that they can, you know, get intelligence off of us with. They also have about, I think the last count was 499 satellites in orbit, orbit mm. around the Earth. So, I mean, the, the kind of the, the ludicrousness of, you know, having this balloon out there collecting data, which I think they just even confirmed today that, you know, China confirmed that they have another one in Latin America as well. Um, seems kind of pointless. Like uh, usually if they do something like this, it's to kind of confirm, uh, you know, that they have the capability to do something. You see that a lot, you know, in foreign relations, geopolitics, um, like say for instance, they'll do a test of a hypersonic missile or something like that. Not really because it's ready, you know, per se at the moment, but just cause they want to, you know, project that they have the capability at least now mm. or in the very near future. So what are they projecting with a balloon that they mastered the art of hot air balloons? <laughs> uh, I mean, they, they probably did that around world war one, maybe <laughs> something like that. So this is not a new like defense project. Uh, <laughs> you're absolutely right. I mean, it, there's, there's definitely something more going on um, with this and, you know, some things that we can just kind of hypothesize on, you know, for one, um, we tracked this from reports from the government ever since it pretty much left and was, you know, heading over 
Alaska, you know, right when it first entered our, you know, our, our air zone, um, you know, going over Canada and then, then crossing the border back into Idaho. And uh, we were watching this for quite a while. Well, what was our response to that? I think that's what China was looking at. Um, probably primarily, like how did the United States respond? Did they scramble um, their defense assets, like you know the F-22s or any other plane, um, right when it approached our air defense identification zone? I've heard that. Yeah, let me. Quite a bit. Yeah, let me stop you there. So, it, if that's what they're looking for, how is America going to respond to a threat from us or from anyone? And they're just trying to get that. It's kind of like in sports when you, you know, you, I don't know, you quick, uh, you line up and you see how the defense lines up, then you call timeout again. Um, right. What, right. Uh, what did we do? Do you know? Well, I mean, we did nothing the entire time. It was a heck of a message, right? Like you would have thought, I, I'm sure they thought probably the, the most likely scenario was once they, once that balloon approached our air defense identification zone. Which, which would have been you know, multiple miles off the coast out into the ocean. They probably thought something was going to happen then. Well, it didn't. We let it go. We let it cross into our, our air defense zone. Then it went into Canada's. Then it went back into ours. We watched it. We did nothing. Um, not only did we do nothing, we let the, that balloon complete its mission. It went all the way across the United States. And then we didn't do a thing until it went out of the United States and went back into the ocean on the east coast yeah and then um, and then they pretty and, wild and uh yeah sorry to interrupt but they they also then touted that uh, you saw the spin from a lot of people in the media and from the administration was like well we were able to collect important data from it as it traversed across the country and then we shot that balloon out of the sky as if shooting a balloon was some major feat um i'm sure a couple guys in alabama out in the backyard bird hunting could have taken that thing down so uh, it wasn't oh, some big accomplishment, but you saw them sort of spinning that. Um, and I guess that's the political side of things. Yeah, that's definitely the political side of things. And yeah, you saw them spin that with talking about how they were going to, you know, go and recover the, you know, the equipment that was on there um, and see what they could, you know, learn from the equipment. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, <laughs> whatever, what was transmitted is like, this is not like the 1950s off the U-2, you know, the, the U-2 spy plane. Right. You know, where they're going to go out there and find the camera that, you know, <laughs> the, you know, uh, this old school camera that, you know, right. it's going to have all the secrets. And because, you know, they we now have the camera, China is now foiled of getting that information. No, all that no. stuff was transmitted and the, yeah, tra like, and the cloud. Know, in real time. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, for Which the, I thought yeah. was funny, Dan. Yeah. Real quick is hilarious. China's response was, oh, this is a, uh, you know, oh, so, you know, the, it was it was a weather balloon. That's what it was. You know, it was <laughs> collecting weather data. Which I'm almost fairly certain that was the response after our, the U-2 plane got shot down over the Soviet Union. <laughs> uh, that we told them uh, that oh no, the, the, that's not a military aircraft. You know, collecting intelligence. That was a weather experiment. So you kind of see how China is responding to this. They're trolling us hard. Yeah, saying this was a weather experiment. Yeah, and I and I mean I actually had to I really had to chuckle um, when they were kind of like, don't you respond too excessively. Like, like, like they were in any position, regardless of how silly and ridiculous the balloon was. Like, like they were in any position to levy some threat. Like we're we're floating something over your airspace, but don't you respond too excessively? Right. And then I looked at the name on the statement, and the uh, the official's first name was Mao, and oh I I just I was like, okay, they, they maybe they really are trolling us at this point. No, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, they're they're to totally trolling us. 
Um, yeah, I, I think I, I, there's a lot of worrying things that once you kind of look at this, where especially when they're when they're kind of when you know that they're gaming our response yeah. to something like this. I, like they have, like I said before, they have 499 satellites up in the sky. They didn't need a, you know this balloon with a camera on it, you know, to tell them pretty much anything they didn't know. What they didn't know is how we would respond. W- what are some of the things that they could do with a with a weapon like this? Like if if we saw it as benign, um, we figured we wouldn't do anything. And we didn't until it passed all the way across the United States. What kind of delivery system is, is a balloon like this? Um, you know, it's already been identified, and I think at many other media reports that, you know, it could be a delivery system for, a, you know, an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, something that would knock out power stations or military bases or, you know, uh, the electric grid, you know, in a massive amount of, you know, area in the United States. That gets scary. You also look at, you know, a, a delivery system for any kind of weapon, like a biological or chemical weapon. It could also be that. I mean, I, I don't really know. All those things are on the table. But when you look at the way China has looked at war with us, it's less really about conventional ways and more about, you know, unconventional ways because they know they can't beat us in an uncon- yeah. you know, in a conventional war. There's not really a, a military. There's no, there's no military on the planet that can do that at the moment. So how can they do it in unconventional ways? Mm. And um, China actually wrote the book on this back in the 90s. I'm trying to remember what it was off the top of my head, what it was called. But um, it, what was it? Uh, it was um, uh, uninhibited warfare or something like that. It was two Chinese mm-hmm. colonels. And they talked about all the unconventional ways they can combat the United States, and that was through intelligence gathering. That was through economic ways. That was through like lawsuits through the World Trade Organization. And then slowly, as they built up the capability to to come at us, you know, with you know military means, then then they'd be more on a on a on a on an equal footing or a better footing at least. But I think that you always have to keep that in mind unconventionally. How are the, what are they looking at accomplishing here? And I, I don't know if the U.S. military is, is taking it that seriously. It seems like, yeah. I mean, when, when they're, I mean, you think about how they were looking at this. And it almost seemed like they were trying to keep it a secret from the American public from the beginning. And there was one guy, one dude in Montana <laughs> that was like, hey, what's that? And then like <laughs> shot that video. And if not for that, would we have even have gotten an official Pentagon response? I don't think so. This guy in Montana, who is just awesome, if you've heard some of his interviews, kind of forced their hand in telling us what was going on. Well, you look at, like, what was the government's main priority at the time before, like, when they were kind of discussing how to handle this? Um, Secretary Blinken was going to go to China to talk to, uh, you know, Xi Jinping. Um, specifically, they were going to talk about climate change and stuff like that uh, and getting China to, you know, get more in line with, you know, mm. their emissions stuff. I mean, is that really why they were trying to keep this a secret from all of us? Because they didn't want to upset a meeting where we were going to discuss climate change with China? Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's not amazing. It's sad. All right, Jason, appreciate your expertise in breaking all this down. The balloon fiasco from China, but uh, obviously more than meets the eye there than what the common media is reporting. So appreciate you breaking it all down on the podcast today. You betcha. Thanks for having me. All right, appreciate Jason stopping by there to break that all down. You can check out more of his work over at theblaze.com. All right, that's going to leave us with time for one last thing. Proverbs, I'm sorry, Proverbs. I say Proverbs because that's what I always leave with. Job, Job 38.4, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? It's the simplest verse, but I love it because it's basically God being like, you know, who do you think you are? <laughs> yes. Like, I'm God, right? Yeah. And, and everything we're talking about on this show today really matches up with that that question, I think. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And uh, I mean, I love that verse because it's a God has to constantly remind us like, uh, hey, 
remember who you are and remember who I am. You know, where were you when I was laying the foundations of the earth, measuring the, the coastlines and everything else? Just a just a reminder of his awesomeness and where we are in the grand scheme of things when we question and, and think, complain. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the thing that I love about that passage too is that it's it's putting Job and all of us who read it right and in our right place. But it's also comforting at the same time, right? It's it's humbling and it's also comforting to know, yeah, you you created all of this. Everything happens only because of your your permission and your sovereignty. So what what a comfort that is as believers. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. So good place to leave it there on the podcast on this Tuesday. As always, head on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, what are you waiting for? Get get on over there and do it. Wherever you listen to your podcast, subscribe. You can email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. If it's a complaint, you can send it to Billy. If it's a compliment, <laughs> you can send it to me. Lord, well, in that great don't rise. <laughs> We'll see you back here tomorrow.